Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 162. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Therapy Chat. It's early December. And as I promised, today's episode and the ones that are coming up the rest of this month are going to be a little bit of a change. So I am excited to bring that to you. But before we get started, I wanted to be sure to tell you all about membership in Patreon. If you'd like to become a member on Patreon, anyone who makes a donation of $2 a month or more gets a thank you on the podcast. And it's time for me to thank the newest patrons who've joined at the $2 or more per month level. Thank you so much to Linda Parrington, Linda Fung, Stacey Rempert, and Spencer Ball. Stacy, I'm not sure if I pronounced your last name right. I think it's Rampart because you left me a message on SpeakPipe and you're in the local area and talking about us getting together and I'd love to do that. So I will be hitting you up soon. I'm very grateful to everyone who supports Therapy Chat on Patreon. It is vital to being able to continue to do this work, although... Therapy Chat has had sponsors and hopefully will continue to have sponsors in the future. At present, I don't know how it would be possible to keep going without all of your support. And I'm grateful for being able to feel more connected to you as a group by interacting with you on the Patreon page. I'm hoping in 2019, thanks in part to the support from Patreon members, I will be able to interact with you more there and um, create special content just for Patreon members. So that's all about that for now. But let's go ahead and dig into a different kind of episode today. I am going to be reading a question from a listener. 
and she has given permission for me to share her question with you. And so I'm going to read the question and then I'm going to answer it. As always, I want to remind you that nothing on Therapy Chat is a substitute for medical advice or mental health treatment. So any suggestions I may make about what could be helpful are not intended to replace working with a therapist when needed. I am a therapist, but I can't be all of your therapists because we don't have that kind of therapeutic relationship and that's not ethical. So I always encourage you if you need support to reach out to a therapist in your area. And if you want a recommendation, feel free to send me an email at therapychat.podcast at gmail.com. And if I know of anyone that I would recommend who lives anywhere near where you live, who can help with what you want help with, I'll be happy to give you their name. Okay, so here is our question. This question comes from listener Abby, who is a Patreon member, by the way. Abby listens all the way in the UK. Thank you so much, Abby, for your support. I'm very grateful for you. She's been a very engaged member. So Abby says, hi, I have a suggestion for a future episode of Therapy Chat, if that's okay. It's less of a question and more of a topic, and it's around handling and dealing with the emotions that you have dissociated slash pushed down for years and then start to let out. I've just come off antidepressants and stopped smoking, and I'm feeling a lot of anger and hurt, but rather than pushing it back down, I want to learn to embrace it and live with it. So I guess my question is about how do we learn to live with emotions? How do we know what is and isn't okay to express and when? How do we teach ourselves the things that we would have learned during childhood around emotional health and healthy emotions if it had been safe to do so? Hope that makes sense. Yes, that makes so much sense. In fact, that is something that I really wasn't sure about either before I started going to therapy, and this is long before I became a therapist myself, and I've talked about this before here, I really didn't know what I felt, and I thought of myself as a very emotional person because I had always been an extremely sensitive person and always been told that I was too sensitive by my peers and many other people, usually people who had said something that I found hurtful. And when I told them so, they said I was too sensitive. So first point that's really important is that whatever you feel, your feelings are valid. Whatever you feel, whether it's angry, hurt, afraid, sad, lonely, joyful, whatever it is, and there are many more emotions other than that, Your feelings are real and they matter, whatever they are. It's always okay to express them however you need to. Expressing them directly to the person that they may, that you may be in relationship with. And and sometimes the feelings may be related to their behavior or their words. It's okay to express that. And it's okay to express your feelings in a journal. So maybe you don't want to share them with someone else. You're not really sure. Maybe you want to sort them out first. 
a journal is a great way to get them out instead of pushing them down and kind of see what's in there. Sometimes when you start writing, you find first you're feeling mad and then you find that under that anger is sadness and you can kind of connect with the thoughts that go with that sadness that you might not have even known were there because the anger was there on top of it and that hadn't been expressed. So as I mentioned, I have mentioned in previous episodes and I started to say now when talking about Abby's question, culturally, we tend to get a message that it's better to hold feelings in or try to push them away than it is to feel them and talk about them. And we also have this idea that if we feel something unpleasant that we don't like, there's a problem and we need to make that bad feeling go away. I say bad feeling in quotes. So the truth is that all feelings are okay. And if you have feelings that are really distressing for you and you can't cope with them, it's always a great idea to seek support from a therapist. I also want to give you some recommendations of books that and other resources that I use frequently and have found helpful in my practice. So one book that is super helpful, in my opinion, and if you've listened to this podcast much, you probably have heard me talk about it a lot, is the book Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-E-F-F. This book is really helpful for understanding that it is part of the human experience to feel suffering and all of our emotions. And rather than pushing those feelings away, if we allow them, we can give ourselves compassion. And her book, Self-Compassion, teaches you how. Another book that is written by Kristen Neff's colleague, Christopher Germer, and is also really helpful, though I haven't read the whole thing yet myself, I'm currently listening to it on Audible, is called The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion. So in his book, he's talking about the practice of mindful self-compassion, which is Kristen Neff's book talks about self-compassion itself as a concept, gives you some concrete strategies to use it. And together they developed the mindful self-compassion practice that is backed up by research. They're both researchers. And so Christopher Germer's book is The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion. You can find guided meditations for self-compassion on both of their websites. Kristen Neff's website is selfcompassion.org and Christopher Germer's is Center for Mindful Self-Compassion and it's centerformsc.org. Both of them have free downloads and you can find a guided, I'm sorry, they, they all, they both have free guided meditations, downloads, and you can find someone who teaches mindful self-compassion in on the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion website. I am hoping that I might be able to get a teacher from 
the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion to come on to Therapy Chat and talk about that practice in more depth. The next thing I need to say about Abby's question and the whole concept of feeling our feelings is that if allowing your feelings becomes overwhelming and takes you to painful memories of past experiences that you really can't tolerate and you don't feel okay, maybe it doesn't feel emotionally safe for you to allow that, that's definitely an indication that it would be beneficial to talk with a therapist and see whether trauma therapy might be the right fit, especially if you know that you have experienced past abuse of any kind, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, or a traumatic loss of a parent, or um, any of the things on the Adverse Childhood Experiences questionnaire, which I will link to this episode, then there may be a reason that you're having such a hard time connecting with emotions. And those, those feelings you know, may not feel safe for you without the support of a mental health professional. I believe that for people who've experienced trauma, most of the time, those feelings are kind of in the background, even if not in our conscious awareness, and they affect our emotions and behavior. But we're not always aware that that's what's driving it. And we're not always aware that we've experienced trauma. Trauma's really good like that at protecting us from fully facing the impact of our past experiences. But it's also confusing because, you know, we want to move on, but we don't understand why we can't. Okay. So another resource that I want to recommend in response to Abby's question is the book by Hillary Jacobs Hendel, who you've also heard me interview twice on this podcast. Her book is called It's Not Always Depression. And she has a an explanation in her book of what she calls the change triangle to help you get in touch and connected with your emotions and feel them. In fact, in her book, she really talks in depth about why it can be so hard for us to feel connected to our emotions and how we can change that. So I do highly recommend her book, and I'm going to link to both interviews that she and I had on the podcast. In addition, there is another person who I've interviewed twice on this, on this podcast and who has two books that I highly, highly recommend, and that is Dr. Janice Webb. Dr. Janice Webb is the author of Running on Empty, Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect, and Running on Empty, No More, which is about being in relationships with others as someone who has experienced childhood emotional neglect. Her first book has a series of examples that will help you understand kind of what children need from their parents and how different ways, different styles of parenting, which might be well-intentioned, can actually not meet the attachment needs that we have and how it leaves us feeling when parents respond that way. So she uses basically the same scenario with 
I think it's 12 different types of parenting and different reactions by the parent to the same situation and explains how each one leaves the child with their emotional needs unmet and um, which is, you know, what we would call an attachment wound when emotional needs aren't met by our caregivers in childhood, even when unintentional, it creates attachment wounds that can actually impact us throughout our lives and all of our relationships, including work, romantic relationships, our relationships with our children, our parents, our siblings. It's, it's pretty profound. So her second book talks about how to do those relationships differently when you grew up with your childhood emotional needs unmet. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend therapy notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. So, I mean, these books are really powerful and informative. And again, sometimes we can understand things in our smart brains But emotionally, it just doesn't click. And that is where therapy can kind of bring together mind and body, especially if you work with a somatically oriented therapist, someone who, you know, helps with bottom up processing using somatic methods, including art therapy, EMDR, yoga therapy, sensory motor psychotherapy, somatic experiencing, um, embodied recovery, any of those bottom-up methods, and I'm sure many more that I haven't mentioned, Hakomi method, and and I'm certain there are many, many others that I won't be able to recall off the top of my head. But those mind-body connection practices can really help you take that info that you have in your smart brain and get connected with the emotions that you've had to kind of shut off from feeling as a coping method. And um get back in touch with them so you can feel them and then they can heal. So a last resource that I want to share with you for today's episode is the practice that Tara Brock speaks about that is called RAIN. RAIN is an acronym and Tara Brock has a lot of information on her her website, tarabrock.com slash RAIN. It stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, Nurture. And so um, she says this is an easy to remember tool for practicing mindfulness and compassion using the following four steps. R, recognize what is happening. A, allow the experience to be there just as it is. 
So meaning you're not trying to change or make it go away. You're just allowing it. I investigate with interest and care and N nurture with self-compassion. So she has a whole bunch of resources on her website, even in different languages. I see Spanish, French, Arabic, German, and Dutch plus English. And she has some free courses on her website, tarabrock.com slash self-compassion one. And she has a free podcast with not only her meditations that you can download, but her talks, which I find very helpful and inspirational and relatable. So Tara Brock, T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H.com is a fantastic resource. I believe her talks, her books, her, her meditations, her teachings in person and on her podcast have all helped so many millions of people. And I'm, I'm very encouraged by listening to what she has to say. The last thing I want to say is just to go back to the idea of emotions and trauma and mindfulness. I want to remind you of the interview I did with Dr. David Trelevin. He wrote the book, Trauma Sensitive Mindfulness. And he is one of two people I've talked to who specifically talk about the potential problems that can happen when we are affected by trauma and we don't know it and we get deep into meditation and mindfulness practices. You know, for most of us, it can be fine. And then, boom, it's not fine sometimes. And it kind of seems to come out of the blue, but it's very important to recognize when that's happening. And David's interview kind of goes into more depth about that. And I will link to it. Deirdre Fay also talked about that. And both of them have had that experience themselves. And they're both like skilled, experienced with trauma. And it really knocked them for a loop. So they're trying to share how you can kind of um, be aware if that happens to you and what to do. Deirdre Fay's, Deirdre Fay's work is called Becoming Safely Embodied. And I'm going to link in this episode to our interview, as well as my interview with David Trelevin and his book and Deirdre's website and putting it all together to keep you very, very busy with many things to explore in how to get connected with emotions that have been disconnected or dissociated for us. I think, you know, we all do it, but it can be really hard to find our way back. And when you do get connected with your emotions, you can have a much richer experience of life and feel, you know, more embodied as, as Deirdre says, um, in her work, becoming safely embodied and more, more whole and integrated. And it feels, I mean, from my experience, not that I have it all figured out, but it feels a heck of a lot better. Just recently, last week, matter of fact, I had an experience where there was something that I have avoided for a long time thinking about or addressing. And I had decided I want to address this. 
it's something important and I've been avoiding it long enough. If I keep avoiding, it's going to cause problems for me and I don't want that. So I decided to go ahead and take the bull by the horns. And it was something that did not seem to be linked to emotion. But obviously, if you're avoiding something, it is linked to emotion (laughs) or else you wouldn't avoid it. You would just do it. And once I started digging into it, I was so uncomfortable and I don't know when in recent years I felt as uncomfortable about facing something. I just felt like I can't do it. I can't do it. This is too much, too hard. It's impossible. I don't even want to try to do this. It's not worth it. Meanwhile, you know, another part of me was clearly aware that it is worth it. It's a must. It's important. And it's even risky to avoid it. You know, and this could be something for any of us like your health, your, you know, a a health concern you have, not wanting to go to the doctor because you're afraid of what you'll find out, dealing with, you know, confronting something that needs to be addressed in a relationship, standing up for your child when they're being bullied at school. There's so many ways that we can avoid things that make us feel uncomfortable and, and really justify to ourselves why we're avoiding it and, you know, pretty much tell ourselves we're not avoiding it, which is what I was doing. I was like, eh, I'll get to it. And once I really faced it, which, you know, is, is a work in progress right now. But once I started facing it, I was astounded at how uncomfortable I felt and how much there was a part of me that just was kicking and screaming, saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's too much. I'm not doing it. So, you know, my wiser self said, guess that's why you were avoiding it. You know, (laughs) you really don't like the way this feels and you're scared and you don't know what to expect or what's going to happen. And, and your fear is making you resist so much when all you need to do is just you know, start dealing with this situation and it won't, the fear won't be there anymore. So when I was taking the bull by the horns, as I said, I did go to a professional who doesn't avoid this because they understand it and are competent in dealing with it. And they helped me. And, you know, as soon as I kind of put it in their hands, I felt so relieved and I didn't feel alone. And I, you know, again, my wiser self said, you don't have to do everything for yourself. It's okay to trust other people to help you. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to do everything. And and to be honest, being supported and being surrounded by support feels much better. But sometimes we internalize these messages that I have to do it myself. I have to do it myself. I have to do everything myself. I'm on my own. And that comes from earlier experiences that were that way. But it can be isolating to try to go through life without a web of connection because we're all connected. So I credit the sensory motor psychotherapy level two training for helping me tolerate confronting what's unpleasant for myself. And, and there was a part of me that was really mad at myself. And I said, man, I thought I had all this stuff figured out. I didn't know I still had something that was like really in the shadow. And again, you know, my wiser self says, we all have things that are outside of our conscious awareness. The point is to continue growing and 
And when you realize that you're avoiding something, take a chance, try being brave enough to face it. As I was talking with another friend who kind of was dealing with something similar at the same time. And when we were talking, we realized that we were both kind of wrestling with something like that. And I said, you know, even though I don't, this seems hard and I wish I didn't have to deal with it. Like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's out. And even if you might want to, you can't, once you know that you've been avoiding something and that it is connected to something deeper for you, then you've got a new thing on the buffet to go ahead and take a taste of and see what happens when you really allow yourself to face it, something that you've been so afraid to deal with for a long time. So that's where the compassion comes in, (laughs) being compassionate to ourselves that, yeah, we all have things that we don't want to deal with. We don't want to face. They seem too hard. And that can be, you know, it's a parallel to therapy. When you're in therapy, stuff starts coming to your awareness and you're like, oh, crap. Oh, no. Like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know if I want to do this. And but it's like the alternative isn't really a good option either. You know, it's like, do I want to go back to where I didn't know that this issue was affecting me? I mean, you can't really go back because you do know now. So, you know, it's like, do I want to put dealing with this on hold or do I want to go ahead and, you know, trust that my therapist can help me and walk alongside me with this and knowing that I'm not alone in figuring this out. That's really can be one of the hardest things about therapy. But again, compassion, self-compassion is you, you remind yourself that we all struggle at times and it's okay. It's part of being human. While we all struggle, we're also all connected. And when we allow others to support us when we need it, you know, it, it just feels a lot better. It feels a lot better to be able to yield into that support and not resist against it so much. So I must say that even though I didn't want to face this thing and it was something I really didn't enjoy realizing I had been avoiding and how much emotion there was connected to that avoidance because it just seemed like breezy. What? No, no big deal. I'll get to it. <laughs> Which is my, you know, really good avoidance. I'm really good at talking myself out of dealing with something that I don't want to deal with. In fact, let me just go on Facebook instead. But, you know, once I really did start addressing it, I feel better and more hopeful because I know there's a plan and I know it's all going to come together. And I trust the person who's been hired to help me with it. And and that's one thing that I don't have to carry. And as my therapist said, you know, think about how much energy you are putting into avoiding that. And it's really, of course, when my therapist first said it, I didn't even want to take that in. I was like thinking, hmm. But (laughs) it's true. Think how much more mental space I will have when I'm not consumed with trying not to think about something, trying not to feel something. And it does feel better. So that's just uh, one small example of how liberating it can be to allow yourself to feel the feelings that we had to numb in the past because we couldn't deal with them. But when we're ready, 
The healing is a beautiful process. So I want to thank Abby again for her really interesting question that, you know, provoked a lot of thoughts and feelings for me. And I hope that the resources that I've shared are helpful to you, Abby, and to everyone who's listening. I've personally found all of them to be extremely helpful. And I frequently recommend everything that I just said to my clients and my practice. And then when they, they use them and they use them on their own. And then we, we work together in, in what that was like for them and, and what feelings came up when they did that. So I hope that that will be useful for you. I would love to know what all of you thought about Abby's question and my response. And did I leave anything out? Are other, others of you therapists who have other great resources you'd like to share? Please, please go to therapychatpodcast.com and click on SpeakPipe to leave me a message and tell me what are those resources and do you have someone that you would like me to interview on the podcast or a subject you would like me to talk about? I would love to know what that is and you can leave a message on SpeakPipe if you do. I may use it on the podcast. You can also email me at therapychat.podcast at gmail.com and I may use your question in a future episode and I may share your resource, including your voice, talking about your resource if you have one that you really think is great. I know about a lot of resources and I'm sure there are a ton more I don't. So I'm grateful for all of you. As I said in my avoidance examples, I can't do it alone. And the opportunity to participate together in this podcast makes it a much more enriching experience on my end. And I hope that you find value in that too. I did mention Audible. So I want to remind you that if you don't have a subscription to Audible already, you can get a, you can get a free book and get your first month for free by going to audibletrial.com slash therapy chat. So if any of the books that I mentioned are available on Audible, which I know the mindful path to self-compassion is, and I know self-compassion is, I'm not sure about Tara Brock's books or David Trelevin, Deirdre Fay, or Janice Webb's books, but I've found a lot of great books there. So you may also find them there. I'm currently listening to one that I'm going to tell you about in a future episode, probably later this month. And I'm still listening to Mindful Self-Compassion as well. I got a lot of irons in the fire. All right. Well, that's it for today. So thank you as always for listening to Therapy Chat. And I would love to hear from you what you thought about this, as I mentioned, by going to therapychatpodcast.com and clicking on SpeakPipe or sending me a message at therapychat.podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, take care. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com.
Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Just another reminder that if you'd like to become a member of Therapy Chat, supporting the podcast while receiving fun member perks and being able to communicate with me one-on-one, go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. If every subscriber donated just $1 per month, therapy chat would be able to keep going strong indefinitely. Thanks so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.